Welcome to our podcast, Be Unapologetic. We're your hosts, Natalie Bergeon and Felicia Hunter. So let's do this. Let's embrace the amazing fucking beings that we are. Welcome, everyone, to episode two of Be Unapologetic. I have here the amazing Felicia Hunter. So excited that you've agreed to join this podcast. Um, at first, it was solo, but I just find we always have such amazing conversations. And half the time, we're like, why aren't we fucking podcasting this? Exactly. I'm super excited to be doing this with you. Yeah, we've had like amazing conversations and I think we can share them on here and then like even expand further and you know we're gonna have a lot of really amazing guests as well to get a look at their perspectives on topics too because keep in mind everyone that this is obviously very um, opinion based as well but also we take from life experiences and also educational experiences but you know you've mentioned a few times Felicia that there's just so many topics out there that we turn a blind eye to or don't feel comfortable talking about but I think it's important to be unapologetic and talk about these subjects um, to help normalize them. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, it's so much easier doing it with somebody else and the guests, um, to again, get different perspectives, um, challenge each other a little bit. And I think in that we grow, right? Yeah. So I have our jar and amazing. I want to thank people that uh, reached out and gave some suggestion ideas that really helps a lot and we created the jar to be a little more on the fly with things because um, we are overthinkers and you know you've mentioned that um, it's probably best we don't plan out topics because sometimes we dissect the shit out of it and then it just doesn't feel authentic exactly exactly I And so we filled that jar um, with all these amazing topics. And I think that um, really exploring them in the moment, I think, will be exactly what you said, like the most authentic way to explore them. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. So I'm digging my hand in now. Don't peek. I'm not peeking. I'm watching you. Okay. (laughs) Here I go. Pulling out. An orange one. So what does this one say? How do you deal with a fight in relationships? Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Okay. Gosh. I had a lot of growing to do. (laughs) How I handled my fights with relationships. And I think it's safe to say that can be any type of relationship out there. It doesn't just have to be romantic. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I don't know, my mind immediately goes to friendships, right now anyways, and I like to dig back the old me, maybe sometimes didn't handle confrontation in the best way, and I think that comes with a mix of things, and that's one, I didn't really know how to deal with confrontation or voice exactly how my 
brain was processing information. I also was a little shy or passive and didn't say truthfully what was on my mind. Yeah. Or I do the complete opposite and I would be impulsive and Mm -hmm. reactive. Mm -hmm. And then I would immediately regret how I responded and may have hurt that person. Yeah. Like right now I'm kind of going back and then like to the present day, like how I deal with conflict now. I think I, I used to throw people away like they're plastic, you know? Yeah. If, I had a sense of any betrayal um, or didn't feel heard, then it was like, you're gone, you're exiled and you're blocked, deleted. Like that chapter never happened. And Mm -hmm. that left me really missing out on connection because fights are healthy as long as they're done done in a respectful way and then also resolved in a really healthy and respectful way yeah and it's safe Mm -hmm. well i'm just gonna give a quick example of you and i like there was a day where i felt tension and i felt safe to tell you i'm feeling tension right now felicia and it's upsetting me and i just really want to clear the air because i don't want to go home feeling sad that we're maybe fighting and I don't know it, or maybe I'm totally overthinking and you're not even remotely mad at me or upset or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Like, you're like, Oh shit. I'm sorry that I'm making tension fill in this room. Yeah. Like for sure. Let's talk about it. It's not anything to do with you. And then I totally, well, actually I first turned around and I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> And but yeah, yeah, and I and then I also that taught me that you know me just sitting in my own shit was yeah. affecting other people, <coughs> and so that was actually one of the first times that I've really realized it that somebody else is affected by me just shutting down. So now it's kind of opened up this safe space where. If I am shutting down, I can just say that to you and be like, I'm not in a good headspace right now. So, and then you can disregard my tension. <laughs> yeah. Like my tension cloud. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that comes with people who are neurodivergent. I have definitely had to work through how I handle myself with people and processing and well I I go to a long-term friendship that I had for many many years we met when we were like 10 years old and she actually reached out not too long ago we ended really terribly and I think it was a little bit of both there was I felt that the friendship at some point was very one-sided and Mm -hmm. I know she was going through her stuff and I was going through my stuff, but I always felt that maybe I was the one that reached out a little bit more. Mm. And I was reactive though. I immediately just was like, fuck this. I'm tired of this. And I did the whole um, delete and block. Mm -hmm. 
And that's huge for a friendship that was like 20 something years. And I, I did have to do a lot of work in how I handled my emotions. And I, at that time too, I was going through a really terrible separation. I was in a very abusive relationship. And so I was in a very dark place as well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to communicate. I could I could have just communicated a little bit better that I just feel our friendships one sided. And I, I really want to talk this out. Mm-hmm. And we talk it out because maybe I'm not seeing your side of things that would have been the more emotional, psychological, mature thing to do, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that it, it it's always two sided. It's never a one sided thing that that you're perfectly and only the victim. Yeah, or or like it's a it's an uncomfortable practice to ask for what you need. So maybe at that time you needed a more hands-on friendship. So you're more like sensitive in thinking that she was kind of backing off, right? It is I don't know why it's so hard to just say for what we need. Like, hey, like I think I need a little more support right now. Do you think we could go for a walk? Do you think that we could do something this weekend? I don't really want to be alone. Yeah. Why are we so afraid to say those things? Yeah. But or it's to it, that vulnerable, right? Yeah. It's that vulnerability. And I think I just wasn't ready to accept that I was in such turmoil. And She was going through turmoil too, but she was now moving forward. She did find someone new and fell in love. And I was so happy for her because she'd just been going through shit after shit. And I think, and admittedly, that was a little bit of jealousy because I was losing my best friend again. Like, because Mm -hmm. all her attention was going into this guy. And I was like, I need her so desperately right now. And she's not paying attention to me while I'm drowning. And I felt like I would always check in to see if she's good. Like, how are the kids? And I know that there's things going on. And I felt that it wasn't reciprocated, but maybe she felt she was reciprocating it. And I just wish we could have had that conversation, but I didn't allow it. But mm-hmm. I am so happy that she reached out and yeah, was it, and it was a positive reach out, like reach out, like check on, check in kind of thing. It wasn't a negative reach out. No, it wasn't like she had gone home to visit family and everything just came hurtling back. And she's like, I totally miss our friendship. And I just can't believe sometimes people just stop talking. Uh, and and after so much history and after so much we've been through together. Uh, it was it was really it was a nice surprise. I was a little shocked too. I thought that that friendship was done forever. And I couldn't reach out because I had, I blocked in every way possible. I deleted phone numbers. Like I really reacted and Mm -hmm. acted impulsively. So I'm so happy she still had my number and reached out because still for four years, we didn't speak. And in those four years, I still had this heavy pain when she would come to mind. And I would feel sad that that friendship just was no more yeah friendship deaths are so hard right and especially when like when you reflect and can see that maybe that 
friendship breakup could have been prevented with more communication or, you know, a, a more mature emotional response. But I think that that's how we learn to have emotional, like mature responses, right? Mm-hmm. From going through these situations where you're like, Frig, like I could have had that person in my life potentially this whole time, right? Yeah, exactly. When I'm reflecting right now, I, my first sponsor and I, we, we got so close. Like she became like a sister to me and I had gone through a fourth step, which is where you write down all of the crappy things that you've done to people, places, or things to yourself. And you disclose it to someone, all your deep, darkest secrets. And then from there, you start making amends. So she was a part of some of my really big amends. And um, she knew everything about me, uh, things that I have never told anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And we became so close, but I, th- I think we, I think on my part, I got, I was really depending on her and then she had kind of an anxious attachment to me as well. So we started to, um, oh, to bet. tug a war a bit Yeah, and I started to pull away and discover who I am without any unhealthy attachments and figure out where I want to go with my career and the type of person that I want to be without any influences. So I started to pull back a bit. I started to kind of make other friends and not that I didn't want to be hers anymore. I just needed other outlets as well. Mm-hmm. It would be more healthy for me to do that anyways than just have that one person. So we, I started to pull away and then we didn't really even exchange a lot of words. We had like one little verbal altercation. It wasn't even about us. It was about um, like someone smoking weed in recovery or like in AA. And okay. that's that that's what blew us up. We had this disagreement and I blocked and delete. Bye-bye. I mean, you say it, it it's so small what blew up so big, but do you feel that maybe through the course of things there was deep down tension or things building up and that's why it actually just blew up bigger than Yeah, like I was really involved in AA, like I had the AA hotline, I was on the district, I was, I had lots of sponsees, I was really active, Um, but I felt like I was getting active in AA for the wrong reasons. I started to do it for my ego, and Mm -hmm. not to actually help other people. I wanted the title, I wanted to be the DCM, like I wanted the titles, I had that introspection and I'm like, I got to drop it all. I have to just be a person in recovery. I cannot handle being the top dog at all. So I stepped down from everything. And I think she took that 
as a direct like punch in the face because she was my sponsor and she was sitting in in the district with me as well okay yeah I think there was a lot of fear that I was going to relapse taking a step down yeah and I started to move my career in harm reduction and study harm reduction and that didn't mean that I wanted to practice harm reduction in my own life yeah but that I was open to it for others and I think that's really where our our minds started to clash because she had has been in AA for so long that I don't think she could see another way it was just a one track mine at that point for her yeah and and <clears throat> I what I knew that I need to stay sober and I still am sober but I can see different perspectives for other people and that's really what kind of started the resentment train I guess and then we had that one disagreement and it kind of blew up Wow. Um, and then we tried to go to therapy together and I think it was too soon and then I've reached out a few times and, you know, asked to go for tea and chat because I think there's room for both of us to be like, I shouldn't have blocked and deleted her. I really shouldn't have done that. That's on me. Yeah. I feel the same way about my friend. Like that was. Yeah. That's just reaction. It that's really... me just protecting myself. I didn't want to be rejected. And like. I, again, like I just threw someone away like they're plastic, right? Yeah. But this yeah. was the first one that I was like, wait, whoa, I fucking miss her. Yeah. And even today, like I still feel like there's a piece of me missing without her in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of my actions, I just have this is where we're at and we don't talk. And, um, yeah, I have lots of moments where, like, I have a big thing happen, whether it's a change in roles or a really cool day or – and I want to call her. Yeah. And and I can't. So, yeah, it sucks. But that it, – it, I, it, bleh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> But I – had I uh, expressed myself in how I'm feeling, like, I need to separate AA from you. Like, I still want you in my life, but I'm taking a step back from AA. If I had sat down and really explained my reasons why and that I was feeling really in my ego, um, I think we would have been fine. But I was scared of her judgments with me leaving and I didn't want any peer pressure. I didn't want to hear anything. I just already knew what I was doing. And that was the only solution that I could come up with in my little immature brain. Yeah. It's so hard. Like my, my friend did say, I just don't understand how some friendships can be uh, so tossed away or broken. And I, I did say, you know, it, it doesn't shock me because I do believe that people come and go in our lives for reasons. Sometimes friends are in our lives just for a certain time because that's just that time frame they're supposed to be there in your life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't believe that that everybody is supposed to stick around for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. There are lessons to be learned with certain people. But but yeah, there's there's those ones that still forever pull on on your heartstring, and I it does. I listen to your podcasts on "Ouch That Hurt" for ego and soul, and it really does come down to battling between uh, those two egos, ID and super, <laughs> and and you're trying to you know ID's like let's eat the full cake, and super's like no no like like we will have just part of it mm-hmm. and 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 have balance and then they're fighting and then egos trying to keep the peace and i think that that plays a lot in our life with how we just react like ending friendships and then not communicating and you really do have to hone in on your soul mm-hmm. and listen to that positive part of your ego going I need to take a step back here and look at the full picture and and now I feel like I'm a lot more like that I'm not impulsive or reactive I really take a pause and then I process and communicate the words that I want to get across Mm -hmm. so that things can be handled a lot better and people don't get hurt based on you know, if I, if I choose ID ego or super ego. Yeah. Like it's, if, if anything, those friendship breaks um, have caught, have taught me to be a better friend today and ask for what I need. If I need space or whatever it is that I need, um, I'm choosing friendships today that I feel safe enough to, to do that in. And that's the biggest thing, too, I've come to learn is I used to just be afraid to say that I I just really don't feel like going out um, because I didn't want to hurt their feeling or uh, feelings or upset them. Uh, I'd always put myself on the back burner to the point where I would just run out of steam, run out of energy. And then I'm just appeasing that person Uh, making sure that they're happy. And I think sometimes that's why I would have outbursts because I wouldn't allow myself to have that space. So I've had to learn to say to people that I'm just really not feeling it today. I'm, I'm exhausted and I hope that you can accept that. And I have cut friendships, but in the right ways for those that would get pissed off at me if I needed like a day to recoup Mm-hmm. Um, you start to learn who's really in your corner and who's really not. When I had a lot of um, recovery friends, yeah, sometimes I wondered the only thing that we had in common was the fact that we are in recovery. And just because we're in, re- like, I can support other people in recovery without needing them to be my best friend today. Um but I was forcing a lot of friendships and then I was having these outbursts, but I think I was just trying to make things work. Um, kind of like that trauma bond. Yeah. And like no one really understood me and, or heard me or um, gave me any uh, feedback that showed that they know who I am. It was just all very recovery based and surface area. 
today I go for the friendships that have depth, like that need. And that's what fills my cup up is the depth of friendships. People that see you, hear you and acknowledge your times of stress, your times of success um, and just overall respect your energy. Yeah. But it's hard to find. That is like very hard to find. But when you do, it's like, it's absolutely incredible. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is exactly what I needed. I, I really, I don't appreciate surface area conversation and I suck at them like the hey what's up how are you (laughs) I small talk I'm like no not happening shutting down (laughs) no I like uh like and then I either overshare and give them all the stuff that they weren't ready for (laughs) (laughs) like just vomit on them or I shut down and go this is pointless I'm not even gonna speak yeah. Um, cause it feels obligatory. It doesn't feel like you're present. Yeah. You know, and it feels, Oh, I hate when it feels so forced. And I mean, you'll be able to tell on me. It, my, my face shows it. And I, I don't think we've ever <laughs> small talked. No, you and I don't small talk. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you. That would be <laughs> totally lame and, and uh, dry. but you and I always just dig deep and I love that. Gosh, I think about my circle and how fast it got small when I started to respect myself more and communicate better. And like you said, asked for what I needed. And then the true colors of people really started to surface on who was actually going to stick around for that or not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you don't love me just as much when I'm messy or dark, right. Like then you don't, and well, I guess who says that Marilyn Monroe and you don't get to see me at my best, (laughs) (laughs) but it's true. Like I, I care more for the people that, have uh, held space for me in my dark moments, right? And you've done that, like, you know, in the last week or so, like, I've just bawled. And there was nothing you could do to fix it. I didn't (laughs) depend on you to fix it, right? It was just holding space for me to just let it out and process in whatever way made sense for me at the time. Yeah. And something I've learned throughout my years as well is that people just really want to be listened to and heard. And we don't do enough of that today, too. Like that's part of communication is sharing your piece, but also actively listening to others. Mm -hmm. And I found that with friends that I started to, to learn real quick who really listened and who really didn't. Mm-hmm. So I do want to kind of segue into romantic relationships that also. <laughs> <laughs> romantic, romantic. <laughs> well, I know we're on different 
paths, I guess you could say in that that realm of things. I'm, I'm in a committed relationship with someone and you're in the dating world. But I'm interested to know what communication is like for you and that and communicating in those relationships because I'm sure you've dated a bit and and found new ways of communicating that you've never done before or wished you had done before yeah I think I guess like like I've been on a dating break I guess for two two and a half years and through that I've gone into a relationship with self beautiful love it and prior to that I didn't really know how to communicate in relationships because I was choosing such toxic Mm. um, partners that also made me toxic yeah relationships and so I would just fight back or I'd shut down right um and I lived for the makeup right I didn't care how many broken dishes there were we were still gonna be together right there was never an end I'm like this is fine there are so many holes in the wall but this is fine it's going to work how many times you'd put your self-worth on the back burner because you're like I just want this fixed and then it will just be we'll be merry on our way yeah yeah and and it's quite like when you get far enough away you're like was I okay no (laughs) yeah (laughs) like no not at all Right. No. And uh, admittedly, I would, um, God, I would sacrifice my own energy and self worth just to make sure that that person, you know, it doesn't matter how much they hurt me, just mm-hmm. to make sure that they were happy because I was scared that they would leave me. Yeah. I, I was scared that they were this toxic and this abusive and still going to leave me. Yes. Like, and I guess that's probably my ego, right? It's like, there's no way that this monster is going to leave me because I'm not a monster. But the power actually was like locking the monster out of your house. Yes. And I think for me too was, I'm totally losing my train of thought. Okay, just keep talking. I don't know why. I had a thought and it just literally escaped my head. That's okay. I guess when I chose to end toxic relationship, I went through a really dark period where I felt like I lost a leg. And I'm like, Mm. I don't know how to function without this person. And I had to learn to be that for myself. This was the first time I didn't go to another man to get over the one that I was with. I completely went inward. And I'm like, I, I'm not doing this anymore. Like if you lined up four of my exes, they all looked and acted the exact same and the exact, mm. if not worse, like the abuse got. It's a pattern, right? You start following this pattern and you know that needs to be broken. It's not love. It's a pattern that I need to break. I thought I had a type, but I had a a me problem, right? Like it wasn't, oh, I find that person sexy. It was, this is 
what I think I deserve. Yes. And that that was the turning point. So now I have no idea what my type is. I, because I haven't had that healthy relationship yet, I really don't know. Like in my head, I know what I want value wise. And um, I'm in love with Louis Capaldi. (laughs) (laughs) So if he's listening, I know (laughs) I'm in love with him. But other than that, like I really, I am on the apps and you get to explore those with me sometimes. Gosh, those are pretty funny. I know like someone just didn't even say hello and was like, I'll eat your ass on Friday night. What? Talk about working on communication skills, buddy. That's my bum. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even ask. You just like decided that's what's happening. Yeah. No, but I've like, I've moved into more of like a romantic person, I guess, where I'm like, I want fucking flowers. Yeah. I want kindness. Yeah. Because now like you have that self-love for yourself and you know what you deserve to have. That took me such a long time to get there. I actually stayed single for a good solid six years after I left my ex. I started to become more stubborn and set the bar high and I did have a few guys tell me that your bar is too high like you need to lower your standards I'm like no I'm not lowering my standards because I know where that got me last time and it just gave me these terrible people that treated me poorly that I thought that that's how relationships worked it's just you're supposed to just please your partner and shut the fuck up I knew deep down where my rights were and what I deserved, but I think just the confidence wasn't there. So it took, I don't know, hitting a really low for me to have to get there. And so I dated a little here and there in that six years, but I just immediately knew when those red flags popped up or that this guy's not a good communicator or would just was not emotionally intelligent either or at my level of what I wanted in a relationship and so yeah I just really kept true to that and I just dated myself until the right person came along and I'm so grateful for the partner that I have now like he's he's the worst just kidding (laughs) (laughs) well he shaved his beard so I'm not happy with him right now so he is the worst right now No, it was such a a healthy relationship. It gives me hope. Yeah, I love that he he's a talker. And at first when we started dating, I did, I kind of had past relationship traits still there a little bit, I think just hidden away. And when we started dating and we had our first little uh, fight, I kind of reacted in the way that what I hated so much. Mm. I I did the cold shoulder and I'm not talking to you. And thank God he put me in my place pretty fast and was like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. We talk, we talk, we talk this out. As far as I'm concerned, a relationship doesn't work if we can't talk it out. Fuck yeah. And I was like, I'm in love with him. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like- and someone who can put you in your place without any abuse or name calling or anything like that, who can just use their words to be like, hey, I also don't deserve this. So we can either learn to be healthy or I'm out. Yeah. He's just so funny. His his thing is that if we start fighting, he's like, we have to take our clothes off and, <laughs> and, and then see how all that fight goes and... I'm like, I'm not doing that. But now every time, like, if we do have, like, a little tiff, he'd be like, Kate, take your clothes off. And then I'll start laughing. And it's just his way of making me start to laugh and pause. And then and then we start talking it out. Yeah. And, like, does this, does this, is this fight really worth, worth it, right? And if it is, like, you won't, you won't um, back down or whatever. But, I mean, if you can have some humor calm down and then have a conversation then it's not a make it or break it thing it's just a conversation that needs to happen and not necessarily uh you're right I'm wrong I'm gonna win yeah I found like my past relationships when I think back that any or every fight that I had with that person was absolutely devastating Mm. so shocking to the core and so dramatic. Like, I remember my one ex would ignore me for days. It didn't matter if we were walking in the same house. He would literally pretend that I did not exist. But he took it to the extreme. So between my partner now and exes, I just see a huge difference with a mature man and connected to his emotional and psychological well-being as opposed to someone who is just not connected to those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had the experience of like, if I asked for space, it meant I was cheating. Oh God. And so if I just needed a night to myself, I would have like 500 missed calls, like just insane. And here I was just like ordered Burger King, watching a movie in- and <laughs> bed just needed some space and peace and a night without any chaos and I would have to just put my phone on silent and whatever which made it worse because then it was like I didn't answer so what was I doing oh gosh and so then no matter what I said the next day I was sleeping with half the town and blah 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 and it's like I can't even prove it I can't even prove that I didn't right yeah and and so then I was treated as though I did. And then you feel gaslit and you're trying to justify and still in some way prove, oh, my God, I was just having an alone time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, exactly. And then, should I take a selfie like while I'm eating this burger just to yeah. prove you like, you know, and it would and then it became this thing where I'm like, well, I'd rather, I guess, just have him here. And not have space then deal with the chaos yes. of asking for what I need yeah. so then he would just be here and I would hate it yeah and th- there's a perfect example that you're just putting yourself on the back burner just so that he can be at peace mm-hmm. and that's gosh that's such a debilitating thing and an awful thing and 
Nobody deserves to go through that. Relationships are really built on communication and trust. And really, when you come together, you're coming together not to take over someone's life or change it or, you know, make them bend over backwards just for you. You're coming together to lift each other up. Um, But we're just going to make each other's lives more vibrant fun and beautiful Mm -hmm. and I just want to love you have fun but I I still want you to do your independent fun things too yeah like you're on the same team right like it shouldn't have to be like oh Felicia like you're too independent for me I'm gonna make it so that you're you're dependent on me instead of you know realizing that this is who I am right? Like I am um, okay doing things on my own. And so if I have you do things with me, it's an addition. It's not exactly, it's not a dependency thing. And I couldn't do it without you. I'm just, I, I just want you along with me walking with me, not for me. Exactly. I love my alone time. And so when I'm given that now and it's respected, it's just such like we can be in the same house in different rooms doing our own things and that's okay. We don't have to be joint at the hips 24 and seven. Yeah. And it's not um, taken as a personal attack because he's secure in himself that he knows that you will let him know if you're upset, you're not in the computer room because you hate them. Exactly. And that's the difference between moving to a healthy, secure relationship that um, everything, it's that trust that you will tell me if, if you're upset with me and not like slam doors and play games and wait for me to ask you. That was a really great topic. I love, I mean, definitely for both in, you and I, it's taken experiences learning within ourselves and the world around us how to deal with fights whether it was friends or romantic now I'm I feel fully secure and confident within myself on how to better handle relationships and I'm not perfect there's still a few hiccups here and there that I have to iron the wrinkles out but yeah like I I feel the same in that um the relationships that I have today and friendships, um, I am actively making sure I'm doing all of all that I can to make it healthy for both parties. And, and that um, has me staying vulnerable in those in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And um, the minute I pull back and be like, I'm fine when I'm not, that's when I have to kind of really analyze whether is did something happen to not make this safe or is this me just interpreting this as unsafe and it really is right yeah and I'm I'm just really okay now too with if somebody does end a friendship because I'm just not uh appeasing them the way they want to be or they're just really taking me for granted or taking advantage of me I'm kind of now at the point where I'm like that's fine I don't let the door hit you on the way out. 
I mean, at that point, they're really just doing me a favor. Because if you're going to give me ultimatums, and you're not respecting my space that I deserve to have too, as equally as you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think that healthy relationships grow. And change and evolve and you want each other to grow and that should be a good thing and not a threat and sometimes one person grows and the other doesn't and it's okay just to let go um and you might come back together you might not right you might grow in complete separate ways and that's okay too i i think the ability to just to hold on when it's appropriate and let go when it's appropriate is a fucking skill. Once you master that, everything changes and gets so much easier, I feel like. It's a new power of freedom. And then it it really does draw back into just being completely unapologetically you. And you know your worth. You know what you need to do to keep your mind and your spirit healthy. And like I said, people do come and go in our lives. If they stay there, then that's supposed to be that way. If they leave, then that's okay too. You can't keep everyone. And if I've exhausted my resources in communicating with them in every way possible, but see that they're still being as stubborn as a mule, then I know that, okay, well, I think maybe agree to disagree and we just part ways from here. Yeah, we'll just pull back now. Oh, this is such a great topic. I I feel I I feel like I didn't have the time to overthink with just pulling something from the jar. You Wait. got the real raw uncut versions of us, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. It's definitely something I hear a lot from my friends when they're dealing with relationships, whether it's work, friendship, romantic, or even family. Mm-hmm. that's a big one and um people every day are learning to communicate better or breaking or starting new relationships so good topic I think that was actually one of the suggestions that someone gave so we always love to hear from people if you want to write in have questions or want to share even pieces of your story yeah we'll put all of our connections in the description box below and so you can follow along on our journey and keep listening for some more topics and yeah shoot us a message if you want us to add something to our jar and we'll hit it one day awesome amazing Thank you so much felicia for joining me with this i think it's just gonna be awesome i really appreciate you and yeah yeah i hope everyone has an amazing week and we will talk to you uh soon cheers everyone Thank you.